Unity Water is proud to sponsor this podcast series because we believe great news, great solutions and great outcomes deserve to be shared. See what we're all about at unitywater.com. You're listening to the Australian Water Association's podcast series. I'm Hazel Flynn and with me now is Adam Medlock, Operations Manager of the Riverland Region for Trility. Hello, Adam. Hi, Hazel. It's good to be here. Good to have you. You've come to talk to us about some very interesting work you've done on black water in the River Murray. This happened because the millennium drought was followed in 2010 by one of the strongest La Nina events on record. What effect did that have on the River Murray catchment? Well, I guess the, the millennium drought was Uh, one of the longest periods in recent recorded history of very, very low flows through the River Murray system, especially into South Australia. When we get uh, the rain that's brought about by the La Nina events, uh, it washes 15 years of topsoils, dried organics, dead organics, uh, into the river system. And of course that will change things up a fair amount. It turns a lot of sediment over uh, and it changes the concentrations of the contaminants that we get. So what did you see as a result? A little bit of everything, uh, especially all the things we didn't want to see. I mean, the, we were in a good position where the treatment plants during the millennium drought were actually, uh, they weren't challenged very much at all because the water quality that we had coming into them was already very clean. You know, the water was very still, uh, didn't have many, uh, much turbidity in it, not many particulate matter. Uh, and all of a sudden, we just get an exponential increase in what we were seeing being brought into the treatment plants. Uh, so it was, it was almost overnight, it, the water went from clear to brown to black to green, you know, depending on, on what was coming in in different areas of the system. Now for those who are lucky enough to have never seen it, can you describe black water? Yeah, lucky is a very good word. Um, well, black water is, as the name suggests, it's dark or black in appearance. Um, it's typically given, the name given to uh, water that has a very low dissolved oxygen content, so less than three milligrams a litre. Typical river systems will have between eight to 10 milligrams on average per litre. Uh, but yes, yeah, so a very low dissolved oxygen, usually very high in organic matter as well. Uh, it's brought about by environmental extreme events such as floods, uh, and it is very difficult for us to treat. And it's bad news, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I mean, th- there is the argument that you know, psychically, we need to have a blackwater event every now and then as you know, part of an environmental cycle. Uh, but I suppose, you know, from a treatment perspective, it's, it's not a fun place to be. And you don't need to be a scientist to spot it because it gives you a bit of a clue in the nose and the eyes, doesn't yes, it? Yes, I, I forgot to say it uh, doesn't have a very pleasant smell. Uh, it, it's not the worst in the world. It's not on the same level as, say, a wastewater. But still, when you walk down to the river or the, the inlet of the treatment plant and you stand there and go, what's that? And it's, it's something that you're not used to seeing or smelling at a water treatment plant, especially out of the river. And you think about the fact that even during the Blackwater event, people were still swimming in the river. They were still you know, doing their water sports and things like that. And you think, wow, knowing what we know about what's in there, it's not necessarily, you know, I don't know how you could be in there with the, the smells and that that were going on at the time. Yes. And unfortunately, it wasn't a one-off, was it? No, so we did have, the first event uh, at the end of the millennium drought and you know it was classed as a one in 100 year according to what people were saying uh, then we had another two occur so another one in 2012 and then another one again uh, just a few years ago at the end of 2016 they were brought about by slightly different events flooding in different areas you know of the river catchment system ends up into south australia 
but the effect was, was pretty much the same. Black water, very low dissolved oxygen content, very hard to treat. So three one in 100 year events, unquote, within six years. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I always make the joke that, you know, I haven't been working for 300 years. <laughs> um, but I, I guess the, at the same token, you know, statistics, are, they're just numbers. And, you know, they're, they're based on what we've seen in history or based on predictive models. And you are going to get things that are, are outside of what those predictive models say. So you might say, well, yes, it's a one in 100 year event but you can have three of them in six years. And the other way of looking at it is a one in 100 year event means that you have a 1% chance of it happening every year. Um, so it's not necessarily a case of, well, it, it, I guess it's just a matter of being unlucky <laughs> in this particular sense, but it might be uh, indicative of climate change or other environmental factors that we're seeing further upriver and maybe this is going to be the new normal. I really hope not. I hope not too, but what were the effects um, of those black water events on the water treatment plants? The main issues that we had uh, in treatment was removing the high level of organics that were coming into the system. So when the plants were first designed, we designed them based around a limit of organics that we expected from the river to, to throw at us at the time. And that was based on what we've seen in history. And we said, well, here's the range of key parameters that we've seen. So we're gonna make sure the plants can treat this. Uh, and they could. And then suddenly we get this water quality that's outside of these design limits and we sit here and go, okay, well, the manual for the plant doesn't say what we're supposed to do. How are we supposed to treat this? So the main issues for us were maintaining uh, proper coagulation to remove the organics and then the filtration component as well. We were getting a lot of breakthrough in how the filters were operating because of the heavy organic loads uh, and also on the ultraviolet disinfection stage. Um, the all organic concentration was interfering in the ability for the UV to do its job and disinfect. So you've rewritten the manuals, I would expect? To a certain extent. I mean, you know, now things are back to normal. We can revert back to normal processes and that's great. Uh, but obviously the, the more events that we have like this, the more challenges that we get, we do have to you know, effectively make it up on the spot. Um, but it, it's not as bad as what it sounds. You know, we, we do have, you know, obviously the treatment plants have theory behind how they're supposed to work. They're designed in a certain manner. You don't just put them together and hope that they work. And it's the same thing with, you sort of look at it and say, okay, if we knew what we know now, when we were designing the plants, you know, would we put up our hands and go, oh, well, we can't build a plant to that. And you wouldn't. You'd say, okay, here's what the range is. Here's how we build the plant. Unfortunately, we're in a position where we have a plant that was built to a certain level, but now we have to treat water at a different level. It doesn't mean that it can't be done, but it means we just need to be a bit more creative in how we address it. And by the third of those Blackwater events in such a short period, Trilogy had actually learned quite a lot, hadn't it? So what were some of the differences between the way you reacted with the water treatment plants to the first event compared to the third? Uh, I guess by the third event, we weren't as scared as we were <laughs> in the first one. Uh, it, it Honestly, I remember in the first event, uh, and we had a few of our water quality parameters going a bit out of control, and it was more of a, what do we do? Uh, and of course, you know, you can't, you can't stay like that forever. You've got to get on with the job. Uh, by the third one, you know, we had a better idea of, of how we were to manage these things. And, and also it's, it's experience. And you know, a lot of our operators that are out on the sites as well that had never seen water like that before, they've seen it before now. And so they're a lot more you know, robust themselves in having to deal with the process. And when we suggest some of these things that are outside of the box, we have you know, toolbox meetings and things, and we say, what about this? In the beginning, it was like, 
oh, we've never done that before, or we can't do that. And now if something out of the box comes out, it's like, okay, we better give this a try because it just might work. Uh, and as I said, the, the, there was differences, there were differences in the Blackwater events. So not all of them brought the same water quality changes the whole time. So we couldn't exactly apply the same thing, but the principle and the way we approached the, the, the problem uh, was the same in terms of saying, okay, don't freak out. There is a chemical, physical way that we can fix this. How can we do it with what we've got? So were you able to draw on experiences of other people around Australia or overseas when you know, those things first happened to you? And have you subsequently been able to share what you learned with other utilities? Yeah, it's a good question. And in, in, in the very beginning, I mean, we weren't the only water utility that was having problems with black water at the time. There was a number around the region. And what we did during the very first event is that uh, we participated in a, it was basically a black water forum or a workshop, and we got together with other local water authorities and water utilities that were experiencing these issues and said, here's what we're doing about it, what are you doing about it? At the same time, it's a little bit tricky because for us in the Riverland, our treatment plants are designed a certain way. All 10 of the treatment plants we have are basically scaled up and down, cookie cutter approaches. The other utilities have different style treatment plants, different processes in place. So while they still had issues from Blackwater, they were slightly different issues than what we were facing and they could put in uh, you know, a solution that would work for them, wouldn't necessarily work for us or it wasn't something that we could feasibly do. So it was good to certainly bounce ideas around, but it, it's a bit tough because each of these issues has to fall back to your own uh, unique design and your own location. But of course the theory behind everything is, is, remains the same. And there's always that uh, collegial spirit, I guess. That's right, when, when you're sort of standing there and, and you're on your own and you say, I've got to fix this myself, and then you think, okay, everybody's having this problem, let's all you know, discuss it as a whole and see where we can get to with things. It was certainly very helpful. And it was nice in a way because, you know, I mean, to put it bluntly, there is a bit of competition you know, in place between the water authorities, water utilities to say, well, who's going to treat this better? But at the same time, we could sit down at something like this and say, all right, if we don't fix this, there's the potential to have public health issues and we need to get this done. So there's no point in trying to keep secrets from each other. We have to put it all out there on the table and say, here's how we're going to do it. And there were no issues from any of the utilities we spoke with uh, and that spoke to us. And I think it was a great outcome overall, especially for the benefit of the public. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming in and telling us about it. It's no, been you. great to have you, Adam. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And that's been Adam Medlock, Operations Manager, Riverland Region for Trility. Thanks for listening.